Hey, everybody. Just wanted to remind you, if you would, take a moment and go to your favorite podcast destination and leave us a nice review, if you would. Uh, Also, don't forget to rate us if you get a chance. Uh, That would really, really help us out a whole lot here. And, uh, you know, maybe we could earn some money off this thing every now and then. Thanks a lot, guys. I think the media has tended to, as I said in the article, anoint or crown whoever is the Republican nominee as the Senate candidate or as the new senator or the new governor in these two uh, races, federal and state. All righty. Welcome in, boys and girls. Another fantastic week of your favorite weekly Alabama political podcast, aptly named Alabama Politics This Week. I am Josh Moon. The person that makes it all go around is... Oh, you're talking about me? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm David Person. I don't know about that uh, that that uh, that introduction, but I am David Person. <laughs> oh well, that's, that's how it works, man. That's how it works. Hey, you listen. Uh, good show for you. Good show yeah. for you today. We got a Democrat on to talk about politics mm-hmm. in the U.S. Senate race. Uh, who he's in it. Mm-hmm. He's in the race. That's right. Mm-hmm. There is a Democrat in the race. Uh, uh, Reverend Will Boyd. Uh, he's you know. Uh, we'll see. Uh, they they believe uh, they have a shot uh, in, in the race uh, against whoever comes out of the uh, trifecta of Katie Britt, uh, Durant, and Mo. And yeah. uh, uh, you know, and, and why not? Uh, I would say out of those three, you're going to get a fairly weak candidate. So uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I, obviously, I think uh, Katie Britt would be the most problematic. I uh, agree. For, for the Democrats over there, but uh, I agree. you know we'll we'll see we'll see how it goes. Um, yeah. yeah, so um, it's going to be a good show. Uh, listen, we we can we'll get started with uh, what are we going to talk about? You want to talk about uh, my column? Uh, yeah, we can talk about your column, and uh, I think that'd be a good place to start because you know we're talking about voting, and uh, the uh, you know the primary is. Uh, it's coming up on Tuesday, this coming Tuesday after the podcast drops. And the reality is, I think, you know, the people of Alabama really need to think about what you're saying. Hmm. Yeah. You know, well, I think there therein lies the problem. Uh, you've asked them to think. And I don't know that that's <laughs> something that we're, we're necessarily known for. Um, you know, and uh, listen, I say that, you know, slightly jokingly, yeah. but, um, you know, it's, it's not. It's not something. Look around. Look around at what we do mm-hmm. here. We we are uh, we are a follow the leader kind of state in voting. You know, we like to pretend like we've got this rebel spirit. Mm-hmm. You know that yo defiance. Don't tell me who to vote for. But you do that. That's who the people here vote for. Is you vote for this group of people because you're influenced by uh, your friends on Facebook. Uh, you these people that that say these things at church. Uh, these, I mean, I, honestly, that's you, you. I can sit down with somebody, uh, you know, some of my friends or whatever, and, and we can talk about politics in this state. Mm-hmm. And I can't, you know, they're, and they're going to vote Republican. Uh, you know, they're going to vote for the Republican candidate if they vote at all. Mm-hmm. If they vote at all, um, and we can discuss the reasons for that. And I, I, I have yet. To have anyone give me a a solid reason why the person that they're going to vote for is the best choice for them, mm-hmm. 
when you know that, that's not how they think about it. They think about it in terms of these these broad issues uh, and and really sometimes really stupid stupid issues. Uh, you know, transgender kids and you know mm-hmm. we'll, somebody taking away your Second Amendment rights and mm-hmm. you know things that are just so off the wall insane. Um, you know, these high gas prices. I ain't voting for Democrat with these high gas prices. What mm. are you talking about? You know, mm. I mean, um, and, and and that's what that's what bothers me is when when people when people sit at a table at night with their family, uh, when they are in the car on a trip somewhere or they're going to the you know to the grocery store, or when you know, when they're laying in bed at night uh with their significant other and they're talking about the things that concern them most, mm-hmm. the things that, that keep them up at night, the things that they worry about, the things that they work for every day. They ain't, they're not a soul in this state that's ever had a conversation about a trans kid. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, come on, get the hell out of here. And there's not a soul in this world who's had a conversation about somebody coming in and taking their guns. You know, I mean, not the government. Right. Even, the hell, it may be somebody breaking in to take your guns, but, and, uh, you know. And there's, and there's not a soul in this state who when the gas when gas went up over three dollars during Trump's term, who uh-huh. said, Oh, you know what? I'm not gonna vote for Republicans anymore because gas prices are so high. That yeah. that's not the way but but here's what I think it is too. There's this sort of so there's a there's a real selective kind of logic that go that comes into play here. Um, you know, uh when when you when you attribute things to a party or to a person that really in the final analysis don't really have anything to do with that person or that party that's part mm-hmm. of the problem josh i think the other part of the problem is people are in denial about what the state actually is experiencing and that's mm-hmm. what i liked about your column your column basically ran down all of the social indicators of quality of life and and health and and mm-hmm. the things that I think most of us, regardless of whether we're liberals or conservatives, Democrats or Republicans, are concerned about. Mm-hmm. You know, things that have an impact on our daily lives or on our children's daily lives, or that are a reflection of the mm-hmm. kinds of lives that we're living on a daily basis. And when you look at all of those metrics, you know, as you pointed out in your column, Alabama is in trouble. Alabama's yeah. in trouble. And we've been in trouble. And mm-hmm. it's and it's and you know, um, it seems to me like people ought to be saying, you know, for these reasons, we need to get people in office who are talking about these things and who have a plan for addressing these things. Mm-hmm. Not, but instead, as you've pointed out, they're voting for people who are, who are presenting an agenda that has almost nothing to do with their daily lives. So it's yeah. almost like they're voting for the state that they wish existed, mm-hmm. as opposed to the as opposed to voting to address the state that does exist. Yeah. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. it's a, uh, it, it's a, uh, I, you know, I, I don't know. It, it's so weird to me that 
you could, I guarantee you, you could go out today and talk to 15 people mm-hmm. uh, in, in any, I don't care what their political persuasion is, any political persuasion, any occupation out there and say, just simply name the top five problems in the state of Alabama. I mean, you know, and I said, and, you know, listen, make them specific to you. Mm-hmm. What are your top five problems in the state of Alabama? You know, what, what is it? You know, what, what are we doing in this state? Not nationally. I mean, that gas prices being high is not really a state of Alabama issue. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's nobody in the state. I mean, we could, yeah, we could cut the gas tax, but you don't save a dime and that's not really going to help you out a whole lot mm-hmm. uh, in the long run. Uh, but, you know, so what, what specific issues in this state are Harmful to you. What what would you like to have solved? And I guarantee you, none of those answers would involve anything addressed in any of the commercials that have been run by Kay Ivey, Katie Britt, Mike Durant, Mo Brooks, or any of the other Republicans that are running for office. Yeah. No, yeah, Tim James. I'm sorry, I forgot about Mm -hmm. Tim. Uh Lindy Blanchard. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, none of those things. Are included. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only thing that comes close is Ivy talking about maybe about the jobs that they've created. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? Which is an arbitrary thing to just toss out there. I mean, what the hell does that mean? You've created a bunch of jobs. I mean, because it was a good economy nationally for the the years that you've been in office. Uh, you know, the jobs. There's plenty of money for people to hire people. It just, you know, what did you do? What did you do specifically for that? Right. You know, and the other thing is. Uh, it's just there's no there's never any debates about things. There's never there's never a, a you know a debate among even the GOP nominees. You know they have a, a get a GOP radio talking head and put them up on a stage and let everybody answer some questions for a little while about things that actually matter. Yeah. You know, yeah. but they don't want to do it. You know, I but that is in fact one step too high for that high stepper right. is getting up on that debate stage. She won't apparently. do that. Yeah, that's uh, true. She ain't doing and that. She, but I don't think she ever has. Has she? Has she ever? No, she is not. Yeah. No, I, not as far as I know. I can't remember um, when she's ever debated. And then, yeah, it's just, and, and, it just drives me nuts, man. It, it, why are you voting for these people? Yeah. That's all. Like, you, y'all, if you're voting for just the R on the on the front of the jersey, then you, you get what you deserve. Yeah, really. And, and that is what's happening, I think, by and large. Um, and now, your boy, Mike Durant, and I say your boy. I, I I'll explain why I'm saying that. I'm saying that because of the job that you did in interviewing his sister oh, and getting okay. her on the record. So, yes. uh, you know, he refuses to debate. Yeah. And I understand why he refuses to debate because he knows there is no good answer to. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing he can answer about that. He can say. Yeah. There's no. nothing he can say. Uh, but, but what it does is it puts, it puts that whole side of that race in a really unfortunate position because you know, Republican voters really don't have a way to evaluate, you know, uh, in the in the way that would be effective, at least, uh, you know, really between the three of them, who should they really be voting for? Who should they be supporting? Yeah, because he, he refuses to debate. So then they're just not doing a debate, you know, yeah. and that's yeah. and that's unfortunate. But, you know, again. You know, he's I, he's I, dropping in the polls now. Mo is rising in the polls, which is. Which I didn't yeah. expect to see that happen. It's shocking in and of itself. Yeah, yeah. but I um, think, but I think you, you know, um, he he's going to probably send you a, a Christmas basket of uh, poison ivy or something because <laughs> it's because probably, yeah. it's probably. probably because of you in particular uh-huh. because you got that exclusive interview there. 
Well, I mean, maybe, yeah, but you know, I think he had problems, you know, but even beforehand, and mm-hmm. um, you know, and I, and I, I honestly, you know, they all have have some issues. I'll say this: I do think I, I, I will be complimentary of one of those candidates, and that's Katie Britt. Uh, she has gone out and traveled the state. Uh, you know, she's gone around to places. She's participated in forums. Uh, she's gone and and uh, into op- basically open mics. Uh, you know, and, and allow people to ask her questions. Uh, she's met with a lot of people. I'll also say Mo Brooks has done a number of the same things. Mm-hmm. He has not necessarily shied away from uh, from being out in the public eye. Uh, so, I mean, those two have gone out and tried to talk to people, and they they agreed to the debate immediately. They said didn't and really didn't put any stipulations on it. You know, show us, tell us where to sign up. You know, to, mm-hmm. to show up, we'll be there. And uh, and they have also participated in a number of candidate forums where they were both on the stage at the same time. But but they have not agreed to debate each other though. No, 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 absolutely not. I, you're 100% right about that. And, I'm just saying I will give them credit for at least doing those things. Right, right. And, and, I, and I agree with you that they deserve credit for those things, considering that Durant has been, um, yeah, he's been vir- <laughs> virtually uh, in, invisible except for TV commercials. But, yeah. but my question is to them even, you know, if he won't show up, then you, you guys do it. You do it a bit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm I was I'm I'm all for that as well. Um uh, I I think they kind of saw it as as a uh, uh basically a, an event where they would tear each other down and Mike Durant would be sitting off on the sidelines benefiting from it. Um which, you know, I kind of I kind of understand that, but I I would have preferred the debate. I think I, I honestly I think more people would have given them credit for doing the debate. Mm-hmm. Um and and would have probably punished Durant for not participating. But, you know, it's uh it it really is a, a shame and that we're to this point, though, of things where it doesn't matter. You know, if it doesn't matter what people do anymore and you're just going to vote for them because of the party or for name recognition or whatever, then there's there's nothing there's nothing to hold anybody accountable for anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. there's not. I, yeah, I'll give you I'll give you a great example. I'll give you a great example in this state. Okay. Will Dismukes mm. Mm. is currently I've seen the polling mm-hmm. currently leading uh, Prattville City Councilman Jerry Starnes in the House District 88, <laughs> which there has never been a more appropriately numbered House District. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I what more do you have to do than what Will Dismukes has done? Uh, I'm, you know, he was arrested for for theft. Uh, you know, from his mm-hmm. previous employer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, of course, he's, he claims innocent. It could be innocent until proven guilty. But he's been arrested, very public arrest. And you know, I happen to to know the DA and, and folks down in uh, in Montgomery County fairly well, and uh, they they typically do a pretty good job down there, Daryl Bailey and those guys. Um, and so I'm I'm kind of suspicious. Uh, of of the charges. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I think that they'll probably probably hold up, but. That's not all. I mean, that's not all he's done. Um, there, I, I, and this is, I, I don't usually do this. I, I don't usually talk about uh, things that people have, I've talked to before I write a story about it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, or write some news story about it. But I, I was contacted by people who, who know Will Dismukes very, very well. Um, and, you know, I will say um, they're very familiar with, with his family. Uh, some possibly in his family mm. and, um, and and talked about things that have gone on in the family for the past 
yeah, two years since uh, since the incident, or, you know, since he's been under investigation and uh, and ultimately arrested and things, and um, you know how uh, he has. Uh, just before the the birth of his child with his wife, he was apparently having an affair with a lady that owned a a business nearby. Ooh. Uh, and Ooh. Uh, yeah, now uh, and now, and I know this uh, is is a, is true because I was sent a picture of them at the uh, House uh, and Senate baseball game uh, that they played, and he's now with her. And um, oh, he left his lady. wife for this lady. Yeah, that's his wife. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Whoa. So, uh, you know, and so that went on right in the public eye in, in, in Prattville. And it doesn't matter. So he, Nothing matters. He, he claims to be a conservative Republican and he's facing nice. a felony theft charge and he, he left his wife after cheating on her. That's what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and he's leading yeah, in the that's, polls? That's what, that, no, that's not what I say. That's what people in his family, uh, in, in his family adjacent say. Okay. okay. Well, we know he was charged with uh, felony theft, though. Yeah, and he's definitely had a he's definitely had a divorce, okay. uh, and he's definitely with a new lady uh, because there's a photo of that that I have, and so uh, it's uh, yeah, and there, there's no 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 doubt about the charges, and, and I'm just you know I don't know Jerry Starnes from you know anybody, but uh, well I could pick him out of a lineup with the Beatles, uh, uh, which is something I rarely say about anybody, <laughs> and you know it's. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, but uh, it's a uh, uh, it's a it's a problem, you know, yeah. for uh, for us when I, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't matter what you do, you know. something has to matter, uh, and that's it's really again the <laughs> you know uh, some of the same people that are railing about trans children or LGBTQs or. Or some other thing that offends them, you know, their moral sense of their delicate snowflake moral sensibilities, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, are going to vote for they're going to vote for a guy who's facing felony felony theft charges. And I'm sure that in his small little community or part of the state, people are not unaware of the of the of the of the uh, of what is suspected that you talked about related to his personal life, you know? I, I mean, it, it came. I'm out. You know, I've looked into the into the whole thing after I got the phone calls from you know from those people and um, you know and uh, including the people in his family and and you know and I've I've talked to a number of people around there about what has happened. It's no mystery. It's no mystery what right. went on. Everybody knows about this. Uh, you know, even uh, people that are just kind of outside of that little loop. You yeah. know, they know kind so, of what what went on. So, which which may, again, you know, going back to your column, it makes you wonder, like, what reality are these voters in, really? Mm-hmm. You know, because you're saying you're saying you're offended by these other things, supposedly for biblical reasons or moral reasons. But here's somebody that you know is you know if if the if the allegations are true about the theft and if the allegations are true about his marital situation, he just drop kicked two of the two of the main commandments just right out the door. Yeah, I know, man. Bam, just, uh, it's gone. Yeah, you know? just gone. I mean, it's just it's insane. It really is. You know? I don't. I don't. At a point, we got. There's has, something has to matter. Yeah. Something has to matter. Something more than well, there's the Republican guy. Yeah. You know, and uh, it just and that and, is a. And, and, it's an awful way to go about it. And, and let me just quickly say. To get to set the record real clear and straight, I have certainly not lived a perfect life. No, 
And I'm in no position to point fingers at anybody on any so-called moral issue. But that's also why I'm not running for public office. (laughs) And I'm not standing up in a pulpit trying to tell people how they need to be living. Yeah, and he was. He was doing that. He was literally working as a preacher for a while, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's just... Hey, so tell tell me this. This guy dismukes, okay? Uh, And this is the same guy who has some neo-Confederate kinds of uh, tendencies, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. He was the one that was speaking at the, uh, you know, the Nathan Bedford Forest right, uh, right, right. Uh, birthday celebration. Uh, at the same time, they were bringing uh, John Lewis's uh, casket through the state. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So this yeah. guy, this, this Mukes guy, and mm-hmm. um, I'm looking here uh, uh, at, at some uh, news items, so... In January of this year, the first part of January, right around the 6th, Mm -hmm. there was the Montgomery Advertiser published a story that said he is not seeking re-election. Yeah. And yet, 25 days later, Mm -hmm. our website, alabamareporter.com, reported that he is seeking re-election. Do we know what happened, what transpired between the... I'm not running to the, oh, yeah, I'm going to run again. Well, you know, sometimes when you you have something in your life that you're kind of married to and you just kind of get tired of that feeling for a little while, then you leave it and you take a whole different thing on, friend. I think that's kind of what happened. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, no, it's, uh, I mean, honestly, I think he just changed his mind. Uh, he just changed his mind. I think that's all he did. And um, uh, and and we decided to run because some people thought he might be, uh, uh, you know, a, a decent candidate. So, and so, again, so, and so somebody you know, got in his ear and said, "Hey, hey, Will, yeah, Will, look, he didn't have anything else to do, don't, really." Don't, and don't worry honestly, about the felony it, theft, man, don't worry about that charge. Don't worry about that. Don't, don't worry about, worry about the whatever's going on in your personal life, man. Just yeah, don't worry about any of that. It'll be, be all be fine. Be don't worry about It'll it. Work don't out. worry about it. You know, yeah, you know how the public is. They're fickle. I mean, it's, it's just, wow. it, it's so, it's so disheartening. It really is, man. And I mean, it's, God, it's so, I mean, and, and listen, I gotta say that, you know, it's gotta be a slap in the face that your own family would, would you know, you say, out. listen, yeah. this guy is so terrible. You gotta help. Could you please help stop him be, from being elected? And I was like, you know, that's, not really my job, you know, to, right. to stop that, you know. But uh, I said, you know, if we got a decent enough story here, I'll write about it. And I'm on, I'm on the way to writing about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, you know, it takes some time to do some of this stuff because there's some other things related to the theft charges that I just have to get to the bottom of. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really been my holdup on this okay. is uh, there is some allegations involving, you know, that he's tried to, to brush some things off in, in another direction and uh, that and he's been running around telling people he's not going to ever be convicted of these things. Um, and so, you know, I, the, I'll say this. The people I spoke to claimed that he was attempting to improperly shift the blame onto someone else. Mm. That was their assertion in this. I have no, I have no idea. Yet, as of yet, as to whether or not that's true, but that's what they are, and they're 
fairly involved hmm. in this, and they're in, involved with the people who are involved with this. So they have. Re- I'm not just quoting somebody that's just out here saying, "Hey, well, I heard this." Right. You know, these are people that would have some insight into this. Mm-hmm. If maybe they are misguided in some way mm-hmm. um, of their beliefs, but they certainly believe these things for a reason and would have reason to know what the conversations that have taken place back and forth uh, between the authorities and, and some other folks in the family. So, um, you know, I, I just, it's, this is not a, a good person. You know what I mean? Mm. And, and that's, that's the bottom line on this. And, and this is who you're going to vote for, for office. And not only that, it's a person who has been frozen out completely from the party leadership uh, in the GOP, which you know, hats off to him, I guess, for, for that, uh, because of, of the things he's done. And so now you're going to have a district that includes one of the faster growing cities in the state, in Prattville. And, you're not going to have any representation. They can do anything for you, you know? Yeah. Seems, doesn't seem like a smart move to, uh, to vote for somebody who's in a precarious political position with his own party. But mm-hmm. definitely, it's not smart to uh, vote for somebody, in my mind, who's facing felony theft charges. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's, that kind of goes to the heart of, I mean, and, you know, I don't know if he's guilty or innocent, but... But I know that uh, a Republican DA or, or attorney general or U.S. attorney, uh, you know, is not going to is not going to bring such charges, yeah. you know, unless uh, against another Republican, unless they pretty much think they got the goods on that guy. And and, yeah. and he was charged. I'm assuming he was charged. Uh, well, if it's a felony, I'm, I, I guess they are they. Well, it's a Montgomery. It's a Montgomery County grand jury so that would be mm-hmm. in all likelihood a uh, a uh, a Montgomery County district attorney then and i'm sure that person yeah. is probably a republican down there uh, i mean you know it's it's Daryl Bailey is he um, i would say that he is probably apolitical um, oh, okay. you know more more so than anything uh, i don't I, I don't think you would certainly wouldn't call him uh like a liberal uh, there's no way i don't think anybody in the world would call him a liberal mm. but I do think that he is a very I like I like Daryl okay. a lot. Um I think he is a very fair, very fair person. Um and he's done a lot of very fair things it in his time and I think he's handled a lot of tough situations very, very well. Mm. Uh there. Well I would assume that uh you know, Democrat or Republican, liberal or conservative, you're not gonna mm-hmm. charge a sitting uh you're not gonna charge a sitting legislator. Uh, mm-hmm. With such a serious crime, unless you think you've got the goods on him, so no, I wouldn't think so either. And uh, but you know, I'll say this in in uh, Dismuke's defense. I mean, at least he was stealing it outside of the legislature. You know, I mean, <laughs> you know, unlike the other Republicans that we've sent to jail here lately. So uh, got that going for him. Which well, is nice. uh, yeah. All right, let's uh, let's slide out of here. We'll get uh, we'll get Will Boyd in here All right. and uh, talk about the Senate race, my and, man, uh, his Will prospects. Boyd. That's that's right. You're a man. Real boy. Alabama politics is back in. Hey, everybody. If you would uh, like an opportunity to interact with us here at Alabama Politics this week, uh, we've got a great way for you to do that. Uh, shoot a question over to apwproducer at gmail.com. That's apwproducer at gmail.com. Anything about Alabama politics you want to know about uh, 
what, what everybody likes to drink or you know, where everybody likes to hang out or you know, whatever, whatever your question may be. Uh, what chances the Democrats might have uh, in the uh, the upcoming midterm elections? Uh, shoot us a question over at apwproducer at gmail.com. apwproducer at gmail.com. Thanks. Welcome back to Alabama Politics This Week. I'm David Person, and uh, Josh Moon is here as always. And we've got in another section of Alabama. Uh, somebody that I have uh, really come to know very well. I've traveled the state with him. Uh, he is my, and I've been very open about this. He is my pick for the uh, for the U.S. Uh, Senate for the Democratic nomination and in the general election. His name is Dr. Will Boyd. How you doing, sir? Fine, sir. How are you? Thank you uh, both for allowing me to be on the show today. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I, absolutely. Know. The uh, hey, David, the uh, the sixth Beatle, uh, Will Boyd, uh, the sixth <laughs> Beatle. <laughs> you right, know, Paul George, Ringo, Pete Best, and Will Boyd. That's, that's right, right after Billy it. Preston. I'm right? here. I'm here. I'm here. Yes, I'm ready to perform. There's <laughs> <laughs> the original four: Billy Preston and you. Or, or right. George that's Martin, right. I guess somewhere that's you're right. in there somewhere. You're in there. If somewhere. I only had the royalties, I'd be all right. You know? <laughs> that's that's right. That's, uh, no, I was just joking. It, it, apparently, at some point, because I'm a smart aleck, I, I said I couldn't pick uh, in a previous race. I said I couldn't pick Will out of a lineup with the Beatles, and so I can definitely do that now. So yeah, you can do that now. But I, I traveled hundreds of thousands of miles then, and I, and I and I, I feel like we've done it again. But no matter how much you travel, it's hard hitting all 67 counties in Alabama. And no matter how many hands you shake, babies you kiss, people will tell you, I didn't know you're running. So, you know, it's, we, we try, we try. Well, and let's, and let's start there, Will, because uh, even today, earlier today, I was um, being interviewed by uh, one of the local uh, television stations here in North Alabama about the Democratic race. And that was one of the questions that came up, this whole idea of people not knowing, you know, who's running and, uh, and the high undecided rate on the Democratic side uh, for uh, U.S. Senate, but even also for governor, for that matter. Uh, what, right, what's right. your when you see those numbers, what do you what do you think? I know what we've talked about, but I want people to hear from you what you think. Well, well, you can look at the discrepancy between the amount of money flowing into both races or at least both parties. The Republicans uh, probably have spent at least at minimum uh, 25 million going at it. So most people are seeing these commercials that are bombarding their news cycles every afternoon. And as a result, you're seeing where basically uh, the Republican Party uh, is able to get on the airwaves so much they're at 14 percent undecided. Democrats who don't have as much of a cash flow uh, have people who probably feel like uh, the party has been fractured, that they're in a state where we have 49 percent undecided in both the gubernatorial and the senatorial race. Uh, Now, I'm enjoying a a lead on my side. Uh, However, uh, you know, we we have a lot of work to do to make sure every Alabamian knows who's in the race. And that 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 honestly involves more airtime, more commercial time. we just need to be out there more, and that requires more money. So we, we need to continue to push forward, raising money, getting our face out there on television. Yeah. So you've got, uh, you know, we saw the uh, the polling data that was released, um, I think it was yes, I think it was uh, Wednesday of this week. 
And uh, the polling data shows a, uh, an increase uh, in the U.S. Senate race for all of you, but your increase was very noticeable and notable. It was uh, a double-digit increase as opposed to the increases that were experienced by your two competitors. Uh, to what do you attribute that? I believe we have gone all over the state, as I keep saying, we're driving everywhere we can, being a part of every meeting. We're jumping on every radio station we can. Uh, as often as we have the opportunity, we're speaking before pastors, uh, talking to people who are potential judges, people who are in office. Uh, we're talking to people who are on the streets every day. We're taking a grassroots approach to let people know what our platform is and what we're doing. So uh, I have no doubt my competitors are doing the same thing. I, I know one has been trying to run a virtual campaign and he's proudly uh, stating that. So. Uh, I'm sure if he was out there as much, his numbers would be increasing as well. So it's just a matter of visibility and, and getting your platform out there. And I think that's the main reason for the increase. I will say something, you know, I've, I've spent a lot of time in statistics courses and I could get in a lot of trouble for, for what I'm about to say. But if you pull the undecideds out of my race, you'll see that I'm around 48%. And of course, we need 50 plus one to win. Uh, the front runner in the, on the GOP side in the senatorial race is only at 38%. So I doubt very seriously because of what I've been uh, arguing about concern, concerning media coverage. Anyone will look at those two differences or similarities and, and compare the two, but one could argue that I'm the front runner in the Senate race, but of course, because of how we frame narratives and, and frankly, the poll was, was pretty much, uh, uh, covering or at least polling more Republicans, Democrats, we'll probably see less attention paid to that 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 footnote. You know, uh, yeah, you, you wrote a you wrote an op ed this week too that we published uh, in APR, um, and uh, it was it was somewhat critical of the of the media, uh, which highly offended me. As you know, <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, You're still crying, right? Yeah, I am. I, it's, uh, I, I, I almost didn't make it today. Uh, but no, it's, listen, no it's, it's, it was fair. It was a fair criticism of things, I think. Although I will say as, as a bit of, of pushback uh, on that, um, I, I don't feel like that the Democratic Party um, as a whole and in this state, I'm talking the Alabama Democratic Party in this in this state as a whole um, and a, a number of individual candidates have realized the media climate in which they exist. Uh, and, and I have tried to stress this to a number of people over the last several years uh, that I've spoken to from the Democratic side of things and tried to, to, to impress upon them that if you send it. It will run. OK, I mean, that's right. that's what you're in in now. This is the climate that you're in now is right. that you have so many news organizations that are so lacking in employees and experience. And they have now an unlimited amount of space because of the Internet. And so they are constantly looking for content, uh, especially content from people who who offer an opinion. Uh, I know we are at, at APR. We, we run things, op-eds from things uh, from people all the time. Uh, Will Ainsworth constantly is writing op-eds. God knows. Um, uh, you know, there, there, there are things coming from all corners of the Republican Party. And I will say they do a really, really good job of getting a message out 
putting people on that message and making sure everybody participates in that message. So I guess you've been at the kind of the forefront of the Alabama Democratic Party. You've been at the top of the ticket in a couple of different races. You talk to them all the time. Do you see that party approaching anything like that or heading in that direction? Well, let me first of all say I agree with you wholeheartedly. I've talked to editors. I've talked to uh, staff, people at uh, particular newspapers. Uh, 1819 is one of them as example. And they said it, just exactly what you said, parenthetically speaking. If you send it to us, submit it, we will run it. Mm-hmm. And of course, they have tons of articles. They, they don't want to run about me because of uh, uh, things that people might have said they were untrue. But but long story short, yeah, the media is willing to take whatever we write and it's out there. The, the challenge is, Josh, I believe candidates who don't have a lot of money are spending so much of their time in call time, trying to raise money on the road like I am trying to get votes. It's not easy to sit down and write an op-ed. I mean, you two are gifted writers, both you and David uh, probably can write what I write in my sleep. In your sleep, you can write you know, that well. But but. It, everybody can't do that. They don't have time. Secondly, my pushback is that <clears throat> I think the media has tended to, as I said in the article, anoint or crown whoever is the Republican nominee as the Senate candidate or as the new senator or the new governor in these two uh, races, federal and state. As it relates to the Democratic Party, you well know that our party is fractured. Uh, we have so many different groups, so many different entities. We have people trying to find themselves in the organization. And the beautiful thing about the Democratic Party is that, yeah, we're the party of the workers, the party of uh, the 40-hour work week, the Social Security, and I could bring up all the things we've, we've done over the years. But as a state, we have, you know, I, I don't want to run through the acronyms because I'll get in trouble and I'll forget somebody. But let me just say, when you have uh, lawsuits that are out there, when you have a division out there between two different groups, mm-hmm. when you have splintering seven or eight different ways, when you have 67 county parties that are under the state party, and then you have mirroring that 67 ADC uh, groups uh, in each county, and then you have congressional mirrors for both of those. I mean, you start to get into people wandering into a county and then they're also getting the difference between what's called an executive committee, the Democrats of the county, and then you have clubs. Mm -hmm. So it's hard sometimes to figure out even in the party who's meeting and on what day. So when it's when you're when you like that, it's fractured Uh, from from the from the state party level. uh, I'm sure the state party is taking the posture, the position that we want to show that we like all Democratic candidates, but we really love the nominee. So you're seeing more information roll out about people who are going to be contending in, in November and not those of us who are in May. So when you take that type of approach, and I'm not, maybe I'm sound like I'm pushing back on the state party now, uh, that doesn't help those of us who are in primary challenges. It leaves us out there as if people think, well, the party has given up on us or or no one is concerned the party about what issues are on the table this May, when in reality they are, but people don't see the money and resources going to it. So I would be critical of our own organizations, our own state party and say, yes, we need to do a better job. At a national level, uh, even, even from the White House on down, Democrats have major successes. President Biden has been 
Uh, he should be commended in that he brought back over 6 million jobs in 2021. Uh, he saw, we saw a growth of 5.7%, uh, which is a record high for 40 years. But our focus is on inflation and, of course, now baby formula and what's happening in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. We don't talk about our successes as a Democratic Party well. That's one mm -hmm. thing we don't do well. You know, in an interview, people ask, what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses? Our weaknesses are, or at least one major weakness is, we don't say as a party what we do well. One of the things that this poll recently revealed is that uh, even though this was a heavily Republican poll, and I, by that I mean, I would say over 60% of the respondents were Republicans. When you look down at issues like Roe v. Wade, uh, you know, I, we have difference of opinion there, even in my big tent party, but most of the people who responded uh, would surprise you weren't necessarily in favor of an overturning of Roe v. Wade. They recognized that there were reasons for uh, uh, perhaps somebody being in a position where they had to make a difficult decision. So again, when we see at a higher level where the screech screeching person, the noisy wheel gets all the attention, I think that's where we see, again, focus on the Republican senatorial candidates versus the Democrats. We're, we're all doing the same work, it's just that more attention gets placed on one party over the other. Yeah, yeah, and I, I don't disagree with uh, with with anything that you said. You're right, that, and it's and it's also uh, very easy to get attention when you're not the party in power and you're just throwing rocks at the other people. Uh, Absolutely, you know, it's it's easy to do that, and, and uh, because it's 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 not within the nature of the media or with, and a lot of people to praise things and to say job well done. Um, it's it's you know we're we're supposed to look at things with a critical eye, and so that's probably a, a pretty big flaw in the system. But you know, I, the, you mentioned something in there about you know, about money um, and, and I think that goes back to the kind of the appeal of of the party overall in the state and uh, you know, I, there's no question that the Republican Party in this state has a, has a huge advantage in terms of the business deals that they have established with a, a number of companies around I mean they're 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 the people in power and so if you want to play this game and get the contracts then you know you send thing you know, if you're a business owner out there or you're you're running a major corporation well then that's the party you donate to because you don't want to make exactly. them angry and all those state contracts go away, you know. Exactly. And, uh, but uh, there are there are there are ways to make inroads into that, and and I think that there are a number of issues out there that have concerned. I've I, I don't think I know. I've, I've actually talked to a lot of the the, the big mules as they've called them uh, mm -hmm. over the years, and and there are a number of things that the trans issue, uh, you know, the trans kids issue, uh, some of the other uh, Roe v. Wade in itself, as you just mentioned, is, is another issue that they're concerned would you know might ultimately deter some businesses away from this. Absolutely. Thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so I, I wonder, have, has the party or you or anybody, you know, taken a good look at, at how those things could be turned and make some inroads into getting some money and some of those big mules on the side of Democrats and get the money flowing so y'all can compete in some of these, uh, you know, in, with the, the media uh, markets that are out there? Right. Well, I, I will say work is being done and I think it's turning. And I think you saw in the in the op-ed that these turns don't happen overnight. The turnaround, you know, can be 20 years or more. Uh, we are, you know, I'm in a unique place because I'm a former business professor. You know, the doctorates are out there, but I have an MBA. I, I understand businesses. I've helped business owners. I've helped get businesses started. I've overseen business and the chief executive type capacity. That all served on boards. That all being said, one of the appeals that I have when I walk into a Moody, Alabama Chamber of Commerce, 
uh, when I walk into other chains of commerce around the state and begin to talk about business development, infrastructure, when I talk about tax increment financing, when I talk about these very issues that relate to businesses growing, 96 plus percent of the business in Alabama are small businesses. They're excited about it. When I talk about, yes, there's an opportunity for a realistic living wage, uh, they don't turn their ear. You know, business owners look at me and say, you know, Will, I, I would love to pay employees $15 an hour as long as they showed up. I mean, that is what I teach in a business class. It's cheaper to retain a customer than it is to go out and get a new one. Mm-hmm. Same is true with employees. When you can bring in good employees who you're paying $15 an hour and they're reliable, you don't have to worry about high turnover spending more time training, whether or not the drive-through is backed up, whether or not the business is going to run overnight. So yeah, businesses leaders have started turning towards my campaign. Uh, You're going to see as we move into the general election that they will start donating. I think, honestly, people love to get behind a winner Mm -hmm. and and they want to see, first of all, who comes out of this and then they're going to start donating. Uh, The the, the other thing I'd say about the turnaround is that very clearly what you said, I wish I could be very frank with you, but I recognize I could get some people in, in a whole lot of hot water. But I'll just tell you, when when Senator Doug Jones was running uh, in the campaign, we both ran in in 2017 together. And of course, it was evident he was going to win and uh, just had to go through the process of the tour of the state. And eventually he became the nominee. It would surprise you which business owners came to me and said, Dr. Boyd, would you please help us? with this information being disseminated to other businesses. Some people even came to me and said, here are business owners, here are business leaders, here are their phone numbers. Would you please call them and let them know about Doug Jones? Because we're afraid if this election doesn't go right, people are gonna be afraid to come to Alabama. Mm -hmm. Businesses are gonna be afraid to uh, sink some money in our state. So, so people don't realize that when you talk about the trans issues, regardless of whether you like it or not, regardless of what side of the aisle you're on, whether or not you believe from a religious point of view is right or wrong, uh, there's an issue of belonging, inclusion that we have to deal with in our state. And, and as we do that, we become more inviting. When we're talking about not 50 shades of gray, but 50 genders, when we're talking about the idea of, 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 of schools that we talk about being open because we wanted private schools on one side of the aisle, and then we turn around and beat the school up for the way that it's, it's being run. As a private school, not a public school, when we see where people are feeling like their voices are being uh, muted to the point that the, the, the African-American vote, just to be very blunt, has been toned down from 29%, almost down to 14% representation. You wrote about it. David wrote about it. When you see these things going on that are taking us back to 1965, people wonder, why do I need to invest in Alabama? Now, you're going to see Tuesday night. I'm not trying to be the prophet here from a perspective of politics, but I think you're going to see on Tuesday night that uh, behind the scenes, even, even some things have gone on politics being involved, that's going to allow counts not to move as fast as they need to. There are some races that won't even be determined officially until Wednesday, if not Thursday, because we have taken our state back. So I think we need to be, I know people say progressive is a bad word to them, but I think people need to be progressive in their thinking. How can we be more inviting to business people? 
last thing I'll say on the subject, you know, my, I have an eight year old, I have a, a daughter that I picked up from, from school early, uh, checked out of school earlier today, a 10th grader. She drove me uh, back to the location I'm in now. I have a son at UNA in college. That all being said, I have young people who really want to be in Alabama, love Alabama, but because of what's going on in the news, they don't know if they're going to stay in Alabama. So this hits home. Hmm. If we want to see our youth be more engaged in the democratic process, if we want more people to invest in our political system, making sure our government works well, we have to do a better job at reaching our young people. And it goes back to even money again. I was going to sink $500 into a, a newspaper yesterday. And as I was riding home, my daughter asked her what she thought about it. Now, I have other strategists out there who can help me, but I found sometimes when you just talk to the, to the 10th graders, they can tell you some stuff others don't know. She said, Dad, we don't even read the newspaper. You know, we, we, we're, we're out there on TikTok. We're out there letting social media drive what we read, consume. And, and this, is a, this is a straight A 4.0 honor student at Hoover High School. So, so again, I just, I, just, I just think we're in a different place. These young people are more embracing of, of uh, more tolerant, more of, a, of people who are for belonging. Until we get this idea in our minds as gubernatorial candidates, Senate candidates, people up and down the ticket <clears throat> and stop running these hate commercials. Uh, we're going to see more people decide they don't want to be in Alabama and leave us. So we have to do a better job. So, Will, I know that you've uh, you've got some other places to be, but I want to I want to try to ask you a couple of more questions before Josh and I let you go. Question number I'll one. Stay as long as you want me to stay. I'm sorry. I, I regret making that statement. I'm sorry. It came out of my mouth, but I'll stay as long as you, <laughs> you want. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, that's it for me. Will's going to finish that. Hosting, <laughs> so, so let me, let me ask you a very pointed question. Um, you are unabashedly Christian, not just Christian, but a Christian leader as a pastor and a bishop. And you were referencing earlier issues uh, related to inclusion and diversity and equity, specifically with the trans community, the LGBTQ community. Um, there are going to be people who are going to wonder how you as a bishop and a pastor can deal with that issue in a way that balances your theological beliefs and practices or doctrinal beliefs and practices with your, uh, you know, with, with, the, with the kinds of values of tolerance and compassion and, as I said, diversity, equity, and inclusion that the Democratic Party robustly embraces. So explain to folks how you strike that balance. Well, if I could be very blunt, if I go to the word and just look at the life of uh, my greatest mentor, right? Jesus Christ, uh, he was out there being criticized for talking to certain people, publicans and sinners, if you would. Uh, but you can't really effectively win people into uh, the kingdom, so to speak, if you're going to stay, as we proverbially say, in the salt shaker. You have to be willing to go out. That all being said, I, I as a candidate, as a former elected official, I don't believe you can legislate morality. I do believe your beliefs, your values uh, are all important. I've written some books out there. I'm not trying to plug my own books today, but they're on Amazon. If you Google 
my name and I talk about uh, basically uh, speaking about what you believe. I believe people who are most actively articulating their core values and beliefs, and I've proven it with a lot of seminal theorists, they are less likely to engage in what we define as dark leadership. And I believe that the reason why people have in our state engaged in dark leadership, fallen through the cracks, derailed, is because they have not uh, continued to do what they say they're really about. It may surprise you or surprises me. I'm around people on both sides of the aisle all the time. And sometimes I see a totally different message on television coming from people that when we're sitting at the table eating together, they say nothing like what they're saying on television. But it's all about recognizing what red meat, as we call it, needs to be thrown to certain voters. I recognize in this primary, uh, let's be real, on the Republican side, you have people who are really going to be uh, seeing how far right they can go. In a primary like mine, people might be trying to go as far left as they can go. And then all of a sudden we try to come back right after the 24th, right after the runoff and say, oh, let me get back closer to the middle so I can win the whole state again. That's hypocritical to me. So to answer your question pointedly, I think you have to be real, tell people who you are. I'm a former, you know, I'm, I'm an engineer too. So I've programmed a lot in different languages and we have something called a WYSIWYG, what you see is what you get. I think you have to be that way in politics. Tell people what you believe, but tell people what that brings to the table. Me believing in Alabama, me believing every Alabamian has a shot at the American dream, me believing in love over hate means I may not agree with everything people do in different communities, but my love transcends that. And because I love them so much, I embrace the fact that, first of all, they're humans. First of all, we're, we're people who've been granted uh, inalienable rights, right? So we're people who are all pursuing that uh, American dream together. That overarches everything. I'm not running to be the bishop of Alabama. I have enough on my plate being an archbishop and a cardinal, all those wonderful things already. I'm running to be the servant, the representative, in this case, the senator, <clears throat> who will represent being part of 100. So that's how I balance that out. My rationale is I may be as it relates to, to life. I'm all for life from the cradle to the grave. So I explain to people and even from the womb to the grave. Uh, while I'm concerned about what's in the womb, I'm compassionate about asking the question, why is it that a person finds themselves in a healthcare dilemma where they are making a choice? Now, it's not my business, first of all, because I'm not a woman and because I'm not the person's personal health care provider. But but it is important for me to know what I can do with my love to either expand Medicaid or reach out to those 800,000 who are in poverty so that perhaps a person doesn't find themselves in a place where they're struggling in a particular way. If somebody is saying, well, I, I'm part of the LGBTQIA community and I feel like I have to be a part of a different school or I'm not being treated right, it's my responsibility to go to my fellow candidates, people on the other side of the aisle maybe, and say, hey, you might not like it, any more than I like it, and I'm being very blunt. Uh, but your responsibility is to love on people and to help people succeed. That's not your job to be their God, their leader in that capacity from a religious point of view. That's, that's not what this is about. So again, I, I think we have to walk into these roles saying, yeah, we have some background beliefs, but let it guide us in a loving way to embracing everybody. And I think that's what Alabama politics and really American politics overall uh, is missing right now today. All right. Um, 
I think that's probably a good place to end this, Will. Uh, appreciate you joining in, joining Josh and me today uh, for a robust conversation. And I think we got our main objective accomplished, which is that Josh now knows the difference between you that's and right. Paul McCartney and Ringo. Yeah. I think that's, that's right. right. Yeah, you just uh, you listen. Please head let me, down, please head down, Penny right Lane to the Strawberry Fields forever, my man. <laughs> What'd you say, Josh? I'm sorry. I said uh, head down Penny Lane to those Strawberry Fields forever. There you uh, go. There you go. Hey, thanks, gentlemen. I really appreciate the time. Yeah. Yes, yeah, sir. Thank you, Will. Again, good luck, man. Good luck. All hey, right. thank you. Thank you both. Take care. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, he would, uh, would be uh, quite a refreshing change for the state. You know, uh, it would, uh, it, it would be, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it, I, I hope that things, I think we're going to need kind of a, uh, a more organized party um, and, uh, you know, and to, to make some headway into this and, and hopefully, you know, he, he'll lead that charge and, uh, and, and, you know, and the rest of the party. And, and I hope that, uh, we, we can start to make some headway into, into what we've been facing for years and years yeah. now. It's, uh, oh, 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 oh. yeah. And I mean, not, you know, and I, I think about that not only for Will, but for, uh, you know, we've got a, we've got a, a democratic candidate, uh, on the gubernatorial uh, in the gubernatorial race, who's uh, leading the pack over there decisively? She's going to be the nominee, I would mm-hmm. assume. And mm-hmm. you got to wonder what awaits her. You know, uh, I got to confess, I really don't know much about her. I, and and you know, I'm going to get up to speed on her. But you know, if if I'm in this business and I don't know much about her, then what mm-hmm. what about everybody else? You know, yeah. I mean, we we as a party, we've got a lot of work to do. Yeah, it's I understand. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's that's true. I mean, it, and I understand, you know, kind of where the party was in terms of financing and what they wanted to try to avoid in the primary season um here and uh and then and then spend a lot of money in on general races or more money, not a lot of money, but more money. Um but you know, I, I think that you lose ground um, with with that sort of thing as well. Uh, you know, reality is reality, but I think that that it, they've lost a lot of ground uh, that the Republicans have now. They've got a lot of name recognition out there, and when you're you're looking at turnout being in the thirty percent range, well, you know, a lot of times things get decided by people who just know the names on the ballots, and uh, that's you know so. Alright, let's uh let's slide out. We'll come back, wrap this baby up in just a couple of minutes. Alabama Politics this week. Back in a moment. I'm David Person with Alabama Politics this week. You know you listen to me and Josh every week, and we have a blast as we talk about Alabama politics and culture and as we interview newsmakers and journalists about Alabama politics and culture. Thanks for your support of this great podcast, and I hope that you will continue to not only listen, but to share it with your friends and also give us a rating on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening to. Thanks a lot. Alrighty, welcome back, Alabama politics this week. It uh, was good. Will Boyd was good. Uh, yeah, I told uh, you. I, told I, you. I, I knew he was fine. I mean, I didn't, you know, I didn't know him from the Beatles, <laughs> but he was good. You know, listen, enjoyed him on drums after Pete Best left. Uh, it's, uh, 
<laughs> he was good. Uh, he was, yeah. man. He, uh, yeah. And, I, and uh, you know, there, there are a lot of candidates that are out there that uh, I would like to see in the years to come get a little more traction uh, and a little more publicity on things. And, and he's definitely one of them. And, um, you know, I, I think that uh, uh, the Democratic Party has got its work cut out for it. But you know what? Uh, so did the Republican Party, you know, 15 years ago, and uh, right. they were able to pull it off and and uh, start at the bottom up and work your way. That's all. The only way you can do it is to put in the work and and get it done and uh, take the criticism and and move on. Um, so you know, just like us with this with this podcast, we just take the criticism, we move on. Uh, speaking of which, if you'd like to criticize or you'd like to praise, you know, drop us a, a review uh, over at uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, that uh, would be wonderful for us. If you'd like to uh, send us a letter or, you know, whatever to, to criticize or praise, you can get us at APW uh, producer at gmail.com. It's APW producer <laughs> at gmail.com. All right. Um, you know, uh, there was a uh, another column this week by uh, by John Archibald that yeah. I kind of played yeah. into what I was uh, and I wrote about a little bit in the uh, addressing issues that are not issues uh, for from our politicians. But this one dealt with uh, how uh, essentially these issues, these cultural culture war issues that that Republicans bring up from, you know, I guess they get them sent down from the Republican God on high and they tell everybody in the Republican Party what they're going to talk about for that week. And, you know, a few weeks back, it was transgender kids. And so that's the only thing we could talk about in the state was transgender kids and how they were, there was a threat to everybody and the threat to the kids. And we got to do this. We got to do that. And uh, yeah, kick them out of sports and because they're ruining female sports. And uh, even though we don't have any, and um, you know, it's, it was, it was absurd because, you know, you would ask, well, where is this a problem? And well, it's a problem. Okay. It's, mm-hmm. it's just trust us. It's a, it's an issue uh, that that's out, definitely an issue that's out there. Well, where, and nobody could ever tell you because it, it's not an issue and, and has never been an issue and will never be an issue. Um, you know, not simply because it's a small population of people, but simply because it's just people, you know, that's it's all it, it is. It's that's just people. It. And we've all, Growing up and every in all walks of life have dealt with uh, transgender kids and everybody on the LGBTQ you know spectrum. Mm-hmm. There, are, uh, you know, it's we've this is not a thing. This is not mm-hmm. a thing it, mm-hmm. that real people deal with anymore, except when they make it a crime to to be alive, which is what we did here. We, we criminalized. Uh, transgender treatments for youth. Uh, we criminalize doctors doing uh, you know, these are medically approved treatments. These are things that uh, you know, a number of doctors organizations across the country uh, have studied and approved. And there is a method of treatment that they have agreed upon that is the best method of treatment for for children who are going through gender dysphoria, as they call it. Mm-hmm. Um which is a real thing. It's not something made up. And it's also the treatment is not, oh, you feel like being a girl today? Okay, here, let's go into surgery. That's It's idiotic. First of all, no treat, no permanent treatment is put in place there prior to the age of consent for the kids. In addition to that, we're talking about a years and years long process 
of going through these things with therapists, with doctors, with uh, I mean, all sorts of counseling that goes on with the family and the, and, and the young person and to talk about what might be the best avenue for them. And I honestly, I've, I've known, a, you know, a few uh, transgender kids and, and their families mm-hmm. and to a person, they all say this was the hardest thing we ever did, mm-hmm. but it probably saved our kid's life. I, mm-hmm. I mean, it, that's all well, you always hear. You know, we were so worried about where they were headed in life before this happened. And so we, we criminalized that. And as a result, as Archibald wrote about, there is a gentleman and his family uh, in this state, uh, you know, an Alabamian through and through, uh, born and raised here, loves it here, loves the state, wife owns a business here, um, you know, very successful people, uh, ingrained in the community, loved in their community. Um, And he's talking about moving. Uh, And 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 not just like talking, oh, I'm threatening to move, but- I'm going to be forced to move. You know, I don't want to move. I don't, I love it here, but I'm going to be forced to move because I cannot live in a place where my daughter and the treatment that she's receiving for uh, that's saving her life is going to be criminalized. And it's just, it's atrocious. It is so it is. cruel. So cruel. I, I just, yeah. And and as uh and as uh, uh the judge who has uh issued a preliminary injunction against this crazy law has stated mm-hmm. uh you know the high courts have made it clear that that first of all parents have a fundamental right to direct the medical care care of their children. Mm-hmm. And this is something that conservatives are really quick to insist upon <clears throat> and accept. For everybody in almost any other circumstance, but this yep. one, and I and I find that really astounding that that they feel like they have a right to insert themselves via the government mm-hmm. into in between uh, a parent and a child, or between a pediatrician and a child. It's just astounding to me. The other thing uh, is that um, the uh, the judge has said that uh, dis- discrimination based on gender nonconformity equates to sex discrimination, which the court, you know, the courts have already made it clear that that's unconstitutional. And, uh, and it seems to me like that ought to be because gender conformity, and I think this speaks to the ignorance that a lot of people have on this topic, and I'm not calling them names, I'm saying their literal lack of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Gender nonconformity has nothing to do with sex acts or anything like that. But I think, you know, the things that people tend to generally tend to uh, point to or be uncomfortable about when it comes to uh, people on the LGBTQ spectrum. And yet the reality is that, um, you know, they're sort of. You know, people are getting uh, all up in arms about that, and I'm not even sure why. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you this. I was surprised to find out, but pleasantly surprised, I'll say, to find out that, you know, I'm a member of a very conservative denomination, the Seventh-day Adventist Church. In fact, Mm -hmm. I'm way out of step with my church on a lot of stuff, (laughs) honestly. And this is, you know, you know. 
uh, same-sex marriage, I'm out of step. You know, uh-huh. uh, abortion and being pro-choice, I'm out of step. I mean, uh-huh. you know, I'm I'm out of step on some pretty major things. I just I'm not I'm not I'm just not there. We're we're just as far apart as night and day. But I was pleasantly surprised to learn from a minister, uh, one of my buddies who's a minister, high high-ranking minister in in our denomination, that when it comes to uh, transgender people, the church actually takes a much more reason, what I would call reasonable, moderate point of view, because they understand this is about medical issues. This mm-hmm. is about science. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. not about behaviors. Right. You know, it's about things that that you know. It just should, you know, it, it's 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 an area that even the church realizes, and and you know, and it's not just my denomination. Plenty of denominations, in my opinion, are trying to police people's personal lives in ways they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. But but I will say, at least in this particular case, it sounds like there's a little bit of common sense that has come into play here, and that they're saying, you know what, we're going to stay out of this one. Yeah, we're, we're yeah. going to stay yeah. out of this one. Well, you know, um, the, the kids uh, like this are, are clearly not mature enough to to make decisions. You know, and mm. you know the, the decisions like this about their their sexuality. I mean, I mean they're they're you know mature enough to carry and raise a child that we're going to force them to do, mm. uh, but you know not not to make these these decisions these reversible decisions about mm. their own sexuality and, and their gender and you know that that's uh, just a step too far none of it makes any sense you know when and that's the problem that we have here is that when you try to insert yourself into into these arguments over Science, or you try to make a you, know, you, you try to make an argument out of out of science and and the medical field, you, you can't do it because there's so much nuance, there's so much individual uh, decision making that needs to take place between patients and doctors and and often teams of doctors mm. um, uh, on, on these situations that it, it you can't make a blanket a blanket law over things because right. it's, it's just, it, it'll, it, every single time it'll catch somebody uh, there that, that shouldn't be caught up in this every mm-hmm. single time it'll do that. Um, you know, and you see it with abortion, you see it with this, you see mm-hmm. it with any, anytime you, you try to put somebody in between you know, doctors and, and patients. And, and often, I mean, we have, we, everybody experiences this, on a pretty much daily basis with, with insurance companies, uh, you know, you, that want to come between the decisions that you and the doctor are making because they don't want to pay the full price for this or that. So you got to go through six weeks of therapy before you can get a, you know, an ankle bone, you know, healed or whatever. Uh, you know, it's honestly, you, you, so there's somebody in between that that is causing you a problem when everybody involved knows better what the solution should be. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's what we have here is, Nobody's making these decisions lightly. I mean, my God. I mean, think, just yeah. what world do you live in where you think a parent is going up to uh, to do this with a child and you think they've come to this decision to, okay, uh, mm-hmm. you know, well, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, what do you, yeah. it just. Yeah, and there's a real callousness, too, uh, again, from people who, who, who purport to be so pro-family. Yeah. Uh, there's a real callousness about family, mm-hmm. you know? You're, so you're willing to drive in the case of uh, 
of these of this poor family. Uh, what's their last name? Is it Zim? Uh, Zim? Zim is his name. Zim. Oh, um, Zim is yeah. his name. Okay. Yeah. And Butler is her name. But uh, you know, this poor family. Um, you know, uh, you know, Butler, uh, the Butler family, uh, you know, having to make a choice to really just disrupt their whole lives for the sake of their child. Well, first of all, God bless them. God Mm -hmm. bless them for, for saying we're going to put our child first and we're going to make sure that our child is in a safe, productive environment. God bless Mm -hmm. them for that. And, and, and God have mercy on the state of Alabama. If this, if this law is upheld and other families have to go through this sort of disruption and this sort of uh, struggle, uh, especially when we know that with uh, these trans kids trying to navigate uh, the challenges that they're facing as they, as they, uh, you know, become their true selves and, and become acclimated to being who they really are, you know, when that's, when that's disrupted and, and assaulted, you know, mm-hmm. some of these children are going to be uh, suicide prone. Yeah. You know, some of them are going to be subject to uh, abuse from their peers. You know, I mean, it already happens with gay kids. You know, mm-hmm. uh, look at what happened with Nigel Shelby. You know, Nigel Shelby was, uh, you know, was the young man here in Huntsville who killed yep. himself several years ago. 15 years old, kills himself because he's being bullied and also because it appears as though, from what I understand, or at least his mother certainly has reason to believe, he wasn't getting the proper support from the adults at his school. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, I, my God, what, what are we doing here? Yeah, we're, I know. I know. It's, we're it's, it's unbelievable. Children. It's unbelievable. And hey, listen, I, I've already told everybody <laughs> that listened to me, if I find out somebody's bullying my child or mm-hmm. any of her little friends or anybody else. And the parents aren't doing anything about it. I will shame the shit out of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I have all mm-hmm. the platform to do it. All mm-hmm. right. And so, uh, you know, you, that, that is where it starts and stops is, yeah. is at home. And if you can't keep your kids in line, uh, from doing that sort of nonsense and you just need to keep them at the house. Um, and, uh, because you're, you're right. It's, um, these sorts of things are, are carried, from adults down to the kids, all right, um, and you know people like Tim James uh, that that preach this nonsense about you know how different people are. Ooh, I don't know what to think about these different people around here. You know that's how uh, bigotry and racism and every all, all bullying, all of it is born out of you that know, nonsense right there. You notice how he's tried to shift his tone a little bit in his commercials. You know, I think he caught enough flack for his crazy ass statements at that church mm-hmm. that now he's saying um, in his commercial, he's, he's, he's trying to have it both ways. He's trying to still criticize uh, that, that school in Birmingham and, yeah. and the money that he gets. But then he says, all of, all of these children are God's children and I'll protect them. Really? Yeah, really. You're going to yeah. protect them yeah. like you've already done. Yeah, exactly. In your, com- exactly. In your previous commercials, putting them on, putting them in your ad to vilify them. I mean, it just, you know, I, I said this. Uh, uh, we, we record the TV show on, on Thursdays as well as the podcast, and uh, and I, and now in a segment on that, I, we were talking about uh, 
you know, ads and, and what the people have focused on. And, and I was talking about Lindy Blanchard and, you know, she had, there's a story about her and her, um, you know, what she's, you know, her, she lost a son, son committed suicide. Mm. Um, and, and, wow, and so. from that, they, her and her husband decided to, um, they were searching for something and I'm, you know, if back, I've read about this in the past and they were searching for something to kind of, you know, fill that, that void that they have or, or to overcome and focus on. And, and they started, uh, an orphanage and, mm-hmm. uh, and they do a lot of work with it, with kids down there and helping, you know, helping a lot of really, really underprivileged kids in, in other countries. And, um, you know, does it, did you know about that? Yeah, I think uh, I think you were the one who actually told me yeah. about that because I did not know about it. Prior yeah, it's not on any me. ad, is it? It's not on any of her yeah. ads. Nobody, yeah. nobody's talked about it. Nobody's focused on it. Nobody said anything about it. And and that I was like, you know, I, I just wonder because that's obviously a good story, and mm-hmm. obviously I, I think it, you know, a, a good person has to be involved in something like that, you know. And so I wonder what she would think. If she knew, because I put something on Twitter about this the other day, and the responses were, she just seemed so cruel in her ads. She seemed so cruel. And I wonder mm. how these people think would think if they knew, outside of this bubble that they're in, mm. that a good portion of those people, maybe not a majority, uh, but a good portion of the people in the state where they live, think of them as cruel people, mm. you know, because of, of what they've said to try to win votes from other cruel people, yeah, yeah. you know, and that's what, yeah. I, I mean, I, I just, I, I wonder if it doesn't bother them, you know, if it doesn't bother them that, that people think of them a, a, in that way, that they think mm. of Tim James as cruel, as being cruel to children uh, like that. I don't think it bothers him because he's been, that's pretty much been his MO. Uh, yeah. I think his entire political life is, you know, he's always attacking something that, he, he he disagrees with in this very, you know, and, and it's, it, it, you know, and I say that as somebody, I have to chuckle because I say that as somebody who's made a living off of attacking yeah, exactly. <laughs> things yeah. that I don't agree with. But the difference is I'm not saying I would have put the weight of government behind it. You know, I'm right. attacking ideas. I'm attacking people's actions, but I'm not saying. And if you elect me to an office, I'm going to put a stop to that. You know. Well, I, I come from a very kind and considerate and benevolent point of view, uh, where <laughs> I don't attack anything ever. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, you know, listen, I know exactly what you mean. You're like, how dare you attack things? Wait a minute, I'm attacking things. <laughs> yeah, I'm um, that remark. Yeah, Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, the hypocrisy within me is strong. Uh, but um, you know, no, you're. I mean, it's just. Um, I think you're right about Tim James. I think that he. I think there's a a bit of self righteousness there that yeah. uh, uh, that makes him think that what he's doing is is somehow righteous you know mm. that he's he's on the righteous path and uh he's he's actually helping these kids by you know vilifying them in such a way but um you know i don't know it, it, listen there was a um speaking of which uh of another person kind of like that chip roy from texas mm. uh who's our right wing nut of the week uh, mm-hmm. this week um uh, he he went uh, there. There was a hearing on abortion, um, and uh, the good doctor from Huntsville, um, I, who I've interviewed a couple of times, and I'm, yeah, I've, I've called her one too. of the most yeah. impressive people there, Doctor Robinson. And I, mm-hmm. I don't say her first name because I screw it up every single Dr. time. Doctor Yashika Robinson. Yashika Robinson. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, 
she answered questions and she went back and forth with, with Chip Roy and he, you know, and it's, but it was kind of in the same, same vein as, as the Tim James stuff. It's not real. It's not, it's all a show to try to inflame people over an, an inflammatory issue, an issue that people are passionate about. Um, and, and they get emotional about this thing and they, they remove, uh, you know, kind of the facts and science out of it and just focus on, on simple emotion. And so, you know, he was asking questions about putting baby parts in Pyrex dishes and, you know, when you suck the arms and legs out, the, you know, and, and that sort of nonsense about this thing. And, you know, and she was trying to say, to tell him, you know, I, in all of my years as a doctor, uh, performing these procedures, I, I've never seen anything such as this, uh, you know, and that you're describing here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, it just, but he would, he kept talking over her and t- telling her that she wasn't answering this question. And, you know, and of course he also then wanted everybody to define what a woman is. And I mean, you know, it was just, you know what I mean? And it's just so, so dumb. Uh, uh, you know, there was a, there was a great skit on Saturday Night Live of Marsha Blackburn. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, talking about defining what a woman he is, and you know, and it's just uh, it's so it's so indicative of what we have, and I guess kind of goes back to what I was writing about in the column. It's it's there even the issues that we that people vote on have been boiled down to these emotional talking points on things where they're no longer even real anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, what you're saying is no longer even real about what's happening here. And, and it, you're just screaming things at each mm-hmm. other and it doesn't, it, it doesn't, it, that's not a point of view. It's not a, it's mm-hmm. not a, you know, I listen, I, you know, I think I've expressed very well that I'm, you know, I'm uneasy with, with abortion and a lot of, but I, I boil it down to specific things. You know, um, into 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 what I've looked at with science and things, and what doctors have said about you know life and when when uh, they believe life actually begins inside a womb, and, and so and that's what I you know I, I would base my decision on on things. You know, that's where I would draw a line on this. And mm-hmm. but I also know that's not mine. You know, mm-hmm. it's not my choice on these things. Mm-hmm. And. I I don't know. It just it, it's a. I just wish that uh, on so many issues, guns, this, so many things that we would just be smarter. You know. Yeah, I'd like to see us be smarter, and I'd also like to see us be more compassionate and more sensitive to the fact that, as you pointed out earlier, Josh, people who are living in circumstances where they're having to confront some of these more challenging situations, uh, they, they are doing so, uh, with a lot of, I mean, these are not easy decisions people are making or or forced to make, you know, there, there, there are a lot of challenges and complications and, and, you know, and then we've got, you got these politicians and, and, and some media pundits, who uh, are just on the sidelines, just jeering and cheering based not on the humanity of the people or out of any compassion, but just out of political expediency and what's going to get ratings. And yep. we just, we got to be better than that, man. Well, I don't know if that's possible. <laughs> that's just, uh, you know, as long as the other gets the votes, I think we're in trouble um, mm. and it gets mm. the votes and apparently, and, 
Uh, we, you know, that, that it's it's part of a you know kind of a nationalization of politics, and you know where we've taken the the local out of it uh, to for a large to a large degree, and to the point where most people around here don't have any idea who their their state rep is, who their uh, who their senate rep is in the, in the state house, and or even on a more local level, who their city councilmen and, and county commissioners are, and and those are the people that out of all of government, those people affect some ninety percent of what happens in your life every day. And, you know, and instead we're worried about these other people at the higher levels uh, that, you know, really are, are more broad, broad based, uh, you know, politicians and, and they don't affect things most of the time that, that really affect you. And it just, um, you know, I wish we could be a little more in tune and a little smarter. And I think we would have a much better state if we did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we wouldn't have a one party state. I can tell you that. And, yeah. I, you know, uh, and it, listen, it doesn't work. It doesn't work either way, whether it's all Democrats or all Republicans. It does mm-hmm. not work for a one party state. You got to have the, the people in there to force the compromise and, and get things done. But, yeah. Productivity. Yeah. Otherwise, you just run to the edges and everybody gets stupid, which is mm-hmm. where we are. Uh, speaking of which, let's let's run and get stupid ourselves. Let's get out of here. <laughs> um, that's it for this week. Till next week. Y'all be safe out there. Peace. Peace.